Well, I said that there was going to be four speakers this evening, Lord willing, and one of them has uh, stepped aside and not uh, able to be here tonight. But uh, so glad for these that are here. And uh, I asked Janae if we needed to put a time limit on anybody. I don't know. Does anybody want to put a time limit on anybody? So glad that Bernice was able to go and be with them, and uh, Janae and Keith as well. So I'm just going to get out of the way and let them come and share. I don't know if you already have it set up as to who's coming first or, or what. Janae's going to start it off if she's willing to let go of one of the babies there. So uh, let's listen up, and I pray, I pray that their excitement and uh, the charge that is within them will saturate into us as well. We'll be excited about it. All right. I want to start off by saying thank you for um, paying for my way to go down to Honduras. I love going every year. Uh, this was my fifth time to go. And it just seems like it gets better and better each time. Um, so on Saturday... I uh, actually, Friday night, I left, went to Boardman's house over at Bedford and stayed there and then got up at like 2, 1.45 to leave for the airport in Louisville. We flew out of Louisville and into Atlanta where we met up with everybody else from the states that was going to go down. So we were all on one plane from Atlanta to San Pedro Sula, Honduras. And when we arrived in San Pedro, very hot in the city. But we got through the customs. All of our luggage got through except for two peoples. Um, one of them was Caden Miller, Melody Sankey's nephew, and he actually barely made the flight. And then for some weird reason, Melody's didn't make her suitcases didn't make it. But of the, the year that this would happen, everybody else's suitcases have made it before when I've gone. Keith and Kristen were coming in the next day, and so somebody else already had to make a trip to San Pedro, and they were able to get those suitcases. So that was medicines, coloring books and crayons for the kids, their clothes. Um, so they were just without them for like 24 hours. Um, on Sunday, we had English service in the morning there on the grounds in the dining hall. Beautiful setting. It's like an open-air, just screened-in um, room, and the mountains are all around. It's a beautiful place to have church. Uh, Brother Phil Brenizer, the ministerial director at Penview, was along with his wife, who's a doctor, and he had our, he preached for us that morning, and then he would do the devotionals every morning at breakfast time. Um, Tiffany Mountain, having her there is... A blessing. I was there two years without Tiffany, and with having a a female on the grounds, she fixed us a great breakfast that morning of fresh cinnamon rolls and banana bread and pumpkin bread, and then a taco salad for dinner. But she also adds nice little touches: flowers on the tables. She will um, be waiting for us with homemade cookies when we get back from the clinics. And also offers to wash our towels and washcloths. So it's nice having her there. She doesn't go out with us during the clinic day. She stays home with their two youngest kids. But um, she is a huge blessing. Um, on Sunday, as, after we had lunch, then we sorted all of the medications. We did this in the upper level of the medical center. And we kind of all spread out, start opening up suitcases and opening up totes and dividing out everybody's meds because everybody brings an assortment. So we gotta separate them all out, try to make some organization of the chaos. Everybody pitches in and we got it done in record time this year. After that, we took a tour of the uh, Light and Life Clinic. When Daniel was here, when Daniel Mountain was here last, um, he mentioned that they need to rebuild the clinic because of the cracking walls. And so he pointed out some of those to us and those are some major structural issues um, that have to be dealt with. So he explained about all of that. And then we, some of it, we had several new people on the trip. So he was, gave a full tour of the surgery center 
and it's all set up because they've been having surgeries over the last year in there. Um, right now, they haven't been having surgeries because the main surgeon, Dr. Coleman, had a five bypass surgery with a valve replacement. But he is bound and determined to be back in April, May, April or May, to do more surgeries. Then we went to the medical center and saw the new ultrasound machine that they have that they've trained the Light and Life Clinic nurses on. Um, Hannah McDowell did some initial training, and then another lady went down just a couple weeks ago and did some more training and gave the nurses certificates so that they are able to use the ultrasound and read the ultrasound machines. Um, results. We saw the lab as well. The laboratory has been a great boost in that community. Other doctors from the city, from San Pedro, will send their patients back home and tell them to get these lab works, you know, done in so many days or weeks. And they trust the results from that clinic, um, from our, from the laboratory there. And the other doctors in the community, um, are very thankful for the laboratory as well. Um, after the tour, then we kind of just had a little bit of time to, some of them took a nap, just kind of relax. The Sunday is very nice to relax because the craziness of the travel on Saturday um, gives us time to kind of recoup before hitting the ground running on Monday morning. After um, the tour was completed, then we kind of all divided up between some churches in the area and went to a local service at the churches. I hadn't done that for a couple of years because I would stay back and help make pizza, but I went this year and the church that I went to, the one of the ladies in the church actually gave the message and she gave it as a Sunday school lesson. And it was very neat because I told her afterwards, I said, I was able to follow along because of how you acted it all out. Um, she's very much a Sunday school teacher, and she actually was Sarah Rendell's Sunday school teacher when she was really little. So she came up to me afterwards, and she told me that. Um, but it was really neat to be able to kind of understand what was going on. And then on, um, so then we all got back to the clinic, and Adonai is Daniel's right-hand man there on the mission grounds. And his daughter, Lorne, um, runs the pizza shop now. And so she made us all pizzas for our supper that night. Then on Monday we went to, went to Tehutal, I cannot pronounce some of these words, Tehutales. He'll correct all these afterwards. Um, we saw 313 people and it seemed like this year we got done really early on all of our days. Probably had to do with the fact that we had 11 providers. Four of those were doctors, which I thought was neat. I've not been on a trip when we've had four doctors. Um, two of them, American, Dr. Dave Boardman and Dr. Michelle Brenizer, and then two Honduran. Um, Dr. Alistair has gone on it before, and then his brother um, also was with us, and he's a doctor as well. Um, we also had 13 different translators and an eye doctor again this year. And... I don't know how many the eye doctor saw, a lot. Bernice might talk about some of that because she translated for him one day. Uh, the people love it when the eye doctor comes because they'll tell me at my station that they're having trouble with their vision, so I ask them about it, and they said, I can't read my Bible, or I can't thread a needle. So then when they go, and they, um, Dr. Tony finds glasses for them and has something there for them to read, their face just lights up because now they can read their Bible. So in um, Tehutales, we had 313 people that were saved. And if you don't remember from previous trips, the community people come in, they sit through a service, a church service. The adults have theirs, the children have theirs. And then they are seen by triage, which are Honduran nurses, um, gets their vital signs, all of their complaints on a piece of paper, and then after that, they sit and wait to be seen by a provider. So having these people um, in these communities see, being in a church service is one of the main reasons that we do this. It kind of, you know, kills two birds with one stone. 
Um, in Las Flores, which is near Quebrada Seca, which they already have an established church there. 13 adults, 20 kids. I said 313? Okay, no, we told 313 people. 13 were saved, 20 kids. That'd be really cool if that happened. But a lot of the people are in one of the local churches as well. So, um, so then on Tuesday, we went to Las Flores, which is near a, an established church that actually a lot of people go to on Sunday night. The pastor there and his wife are the ones that go with us each day, and um, she's the one that does the children's service. She also cooked for us. She helped um, the main cook um, every morning for breakfast and evening for supper. So she would come show up at the mission, which was just down the road from her house, um, cook us breakfast, leave with us on the trip to the community. We'd get back. They'd drop her off at her house. Next thing we'd know, here she'd be walking in front of Mountain's house, different outfit, looking all fresh, go and cook us supper, and then do it all again the next day. So in Las Flores, we saw 315 people, and 13 adults were saved, and 47 kids were saved. Also with us was one of the local dentists, and he was going around... Um, he went with us each day to put fluoride treatments on all of the kids. So um, that was, it's very neat. It's very cool if they can do that. But then the kids come to our station and we're like, here's a sucker, but you can't eat it yet because you got to wait till the fluoride treatment's complete. Um, on Wednesday in Piedra Grande, which means large rock, we saw 382 people. 21 adults were saved and 23 kids. This community is, has a group of believers that are meeting already, but they're meeting in a covered patio of a house, which was just up from the community building that we were in. Um, our community building actually looked like a church. I thought it was until someone informed me otherwise. And then behind it was a school building, so that's where the dentist and the eye doctor set up in there. The rest of us were in this decent-sized community building. But they have... Um, a house church, and they are looking to buy property to build a church on. Um, Dr. Dave Boardman mentioned that it would be really neat if a church building would come out of the medical brigade. Um, if every church that's represented it, represented in the medical team um, or every group or whatever would put money for it, um, it would be neat say that the medical brigade was responsible for building a church there. So uh, Daniel Melton said that it would cost about $20,000 to build one. So if you would like to give toward it, I can get you in touch with Dr. Dave, or maybe we can mention it for a quarterly project or something. And then if you followed my posts on Facebook, I tried to cover highlights of um, each day. But on this day, I had mentioned about a lady, Maria, um, and praying for her. That afternoon, Keith was my translator, actually. I know it's awful. He had to put up with me for a whole afternoon. But it was nice um, because he recognized that something was going on with this woman. And... Um, I told him, too, I said, I want to pray with her before she leaves. He said, okay, let me go get her sunglasses, and, you know, we'll pray right before um, we send her out to get vitamins. I said, okay. So he was talking with her, trying to get some information about what was going on, because she could just see something on her face. And we prayed with her. She gave me the longest hug afterwards. Um, I told her that I would be praying with her, or praying for her, and I wanted to get a picture with her so that I could remember her face. Her and her son Elias came through there. And afterwards, she was our last patient of the day, thankfully, because I was a mess. Um, but Keith went up to one of the pastors from the area, and he said, hey, do you know who Maria is? And he's like, yeah, I do. I know who she is. He said, well, we just prayed with her. What's, what's her story? And he said that her husband had been a pastor, and he left her and is now an alcoholic and living with another woman. And so she's carrying that weight. And you could just see it all over her face. 
So remember Maria and Elias? I don't know if she had other children um, at home or older or whatever, but pray for her that she'll be able to find peace and comfort and strength to carry on. And then on Thursday, we were at Agua de Piedra, which is water from the rock. And this is the place that we went to last year, and they desperately needed fresh water. And after last year, um, someone on the trip took it upon themselves to raise money for them to get a well. And that well was being drilled the week before we got there. But they hit water but didn't get enough. So on Monday through Thursday, they were still drilling. And we got to see that process a little bit. Got to go down there by the drill and watch all this nasty, sludgy stuff come out of the ground. But then whenever we got back to the mission that night, um, or on Friday, I don't remember which, Daniel said that they started getting 30-some gallons per minute from that well. So they have the water now, which is going to be great. It's kind of two communities that are going to benefit from that fresh water. After, um, so there at, at Agua de Piedra, we saw 313 people. Um, 16 adults were saved and 38 kids. And then we got done pretty early from at that place and went back to the mission and set up in the upstairs of the medical center and saw mission employees and their families. So we saw another 79 people Friday, uh, Thursday afternoon. And while some of us were seeing um, patients, then others were kind of organizing and condensing medications into totes and different things like that. So if y'all were had your calculators out or can do all the addition in your head, uh, we saw 1,402 people this week. 63 adults were saved and 120 children over four days. Um, I had a great time. We had several new people, several new nurses, um, not necessarily new nurses, but new to the, the trip nurses. And everybody just worked together. So many people said on Thursday night, we do like a big meeting. We sit in a big circle in the dining hall and talk about the week and how everything, we, none, several of us didn't know each other last Saturday. And we come together and we just work together like a well-oiled machine and got things accomplished, got things done, got things unpacked and loaded and repacked and reloaded. They loaded that truck I don't know how many times. Um, going from place to place, we had a bus full of people, two SUVs, a Red Cross pickup truck, and then a big truck with all of our supplies on the back of it. Um, huh? And add a nice truck. Oh, yeah, another pickup truck. Yeah, that's the one I was in. Can't forget that one. Can't forget Adonai. Um, he did a lot more this year than um, normal, which he does a lot anyway. But then with Yancey not being there, he helped. He um, went shopping with Daniel prior to us all getting there to pick up all of the food and things like that. And then his wife, she's the one that makes all of our beds and keeps our rooms cleaned. And she runs the water plant. So they are very busy people. Um, then on Friday, this was the first time we didn't have to do a COVID test, come back to the States. Wonderful. Now, if Honduras would get on the, the train and not make us get COVID tests before going, that'd be great. Um, we didn't have to do COVID tests, and we were able to leave the mission pretty early and get on the road to San Pedro Sula, stopped at Popeye's Chicken, Never even eat Popeyes in the States, but I get it in Honduras. And then we went to a market which had burned down during COVID. It's a big tourist market. They advertise about it near the airport. And it had burned down probably by some political stuff going on. But they rebuilt it. And it's neat to see how the people have bounced back because none of them had insurance. None of them had anything to cover what they lost as far as their um, wares and everything that they sell. But it was neat to see how they were all back again and um, back to trying to get you to buy all their stuff. 
Uh, then we had our annual dinner at a really nice restaurant on top of a hotel. Can overlook the city of San Pedro. That's a good time of some more fellowship. It's kind of the end of the week. Everybody's everybody's tired, but just kind of reminiscing about the week and talking about things that went on. And then on Saturday, flying out. Everybody, we had we had no problems leaving Honduras this year. It was wonderful. Everybody got through customs okay, and we had some extra things that several of us that were flying to Louisville were bringing back with us, and that could have caused some problems, but everybody made it through okay. All the totes made it through, and um, I've been getting messages throughout today because some people were flying in, yet depending on where they're flying to, they, some of them got home this afternoon. So as far as I know, everybody made it home safely. Um, and I just had a wonderful time. I love the people. I love the country of Honduras, the food. Um, some of y'all were saying how much you enjoyed looking at the pictures of the food and how much it looked so good. It does. It is. Just believe me, it's wonderful. Um, so if you want to go down, I am sure that Daniel will let anybody come down at any time. You can go down there and visit them. They would be thrilled. The kids love it when um, Americans come down. They don't get any American interaction. They don't get any English interaction besides their family. And so they thrive on the, tr the groups that go down there, whether it's the surgery team or the medical team. Um, they love that. So if you at all want to go down there and see what's going on at the mission, I am sure that Daniel and Tiffany would love to have you. They have a guest room right there at their house. And you probably stay there. It's great. It's a wonderful experience. I highly recommend that you go on a missions trip. Good evening. Uh, I think Janae did a really good job recapping uh, the week there, so thank you, Janae. Um, I first want to thank the congregation um, for, for making me go down there and not making me, but um, opening the doors. Um, especially, I want to thank God. He opened the doors for me, and I really appreciate that. I also want to thank uh, the church back where I go to school at GBS, uh, Christian Nation. That church definitely helped me a lot as well. Um, many of you know that I went as a translator. Um, it was my first time going, but it was not my first time going on a missions trip. Um, so I had trouble figuring out, figuring out like what to take down as far as meds go. So the Christian Nation really helped me out because um, I don't know if, if you guys, many of you guys know the Kennedy family. Uh, they helped me out uh, figuring out figuring out the medical stuff, like the medicines and stuff. So I'm really grateful for them. Um, as far as translating goal goes, I am very um, natural at translating. Um, so for Monday, I translated for Ashley Quesenberry. Tuesday, I translated for Kayla. And Thursday, I, no, 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 give me a second. Wednesday, I translated for Tony, which is the eye doctor. Uh, Thursday, I translated for Jana. Um, Friday, again, I translated for Ashley. Um, so as far as translating goes, let me, I'm going to try to explain it as best as I can. Um, in the middle of all translating, so they, they bring a paper, a piece of paper. Um, they'd come down, they'd come sit with um, the provider and the translator. So I was the translator for Ashley. 
many, many of the times the client, the patient will come sit down and all of a sudden they'll just start, okay, so yo tengo esto, 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 el otro. Like, I have this and this and this and that. And they'll just start talking in Spanish. And I'd be like, okay, wait for a minute. Because, like, let me catch up and let's start from one thing to another. Um, so during that time, during um, it was a lot of translating for me. But with God's help, I was able to do it. Um, yes. So that's um, another another great experience. With, a lot of translating happened uh, Thursday with Tony. Uh, no, sorry, Wednesday with Tony. We saw about 120 people. So it, that was probably like the the most translating I've done in like in a while. So um, it was very, it was very, um, it was hard, especially for a guy who likes to talk a lot. Um, I was trying to, trying to crunch it all in into like a Spanish. So that was very, that was very fun. Um, the next day, my friend Dalia translated for him and they only saw 35 people. Uh, so I was like, it's okay, it's fine. Um, yeah. So I also got the opportunity to translate for the governor. Uh, a group of us went, I think it was Thursday, Thursday night, a group of us went um, with Marvin to go uh, toward the San Luis, the little town we were at. Um, it was a great opportunity to see uh, the perspective of the governor. He really thanked us about um, the medical brigade that was there. Uh, he was very, very humble. He was very kind, um, and he was very blessed that we were there and helping the 44 communities around San Luis. Uh, something that he mentioned was if we could pray uh, for San Luis, because right now they only have one ambulance for 44 communities. Um, and the one ambulance that they're using right now is for the Red Cross. So if you guys will be willing to pray with me uh, for the another ambulance, um, that would be great. Um, let's see. Another thing was... I was very, I was very shocked about how fast, like Jade said, we finished um, the days really quickly. We worked as a team. It couldn't have been a greater team, honestly. I met some great friends. Um, just everything was very, very nice. Um, the poorness there is like, is very, is very poor situations there. Um, in the middle of all this translating. Uh, while I was translating, while the patients were telling me I have this and this and that, I saw the, and I shared this the night um, we all shared Thursday night. I shared this um, experience because, as like I said again, in the middle of all this translating, I saw the ambition the providers had. Like, okay, what, what, what do they need so I can help them? Like, they were very, I, I couldn't thank the providers as well. Like, the providers did a great job. Um, they, wanted, they wanted to help the people. They wanted to help every community. And I, I thank everyone that went on the trip. Um, everyone played a special part. The translator, the helpers, the pharmacists, the providers. And also Daniel Melton and his family plays a big part in this. Um, and I know the community around them sees Jesus through them. I really appreciate what Daniel's doing uh, down there. Um, and my, my heart goes out to them for what they're doing. Um, lastly, uh, God was with us from the moment Sunday morning service. We had a beautiful Sunday morning service, uh, you felt the Holy Spirit move in in a country, in a foreign country. There's how many gringos in a foreign country? And I know each 
and every one of us, um, God will bless us. God definitely blessed us that Sunday morning uh, service. Now, a verse came through my mind throughout this whole um, trip, and it is found in Isaiah 40, 29 through 31. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Now, in closing, I want to um, say a lot of new people came. A lot of new people came. Um, like I said, it's not my first mission trip, missions trip to go and translate. A lot of the times, um, yes, we saw those people uh, who we would give like sunglasses to them, and their faces would lit up. Here, here in America, we are so 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 blessed to have things um, a la mano. Uh, we're so things, uh, yeah. We have things available very quickly, very, very quickly. And uh, just something that I've, it's always touched my heart in every country that I've been to. Uh, they are so, so grateful to have a little, a little bag of Tylenols, a little bag of, of just medicine. Um, so there's missionaries all over, all over the country. And my heart goes out for them because they're doing the work of God. Um, they do the work of God, and I know each God will bless them, you know. So I really thank the congregation, but especially I thank God for opening the doors um, for me to go. Yeah, that was my experience. Any questions? Who is the governor? What was that? Okay, the governor, I don't remember his name, but Marvin is, um, he is a worker of the Red Cross. Uh, I think he told me he started um, about 20-some years ago, started helping the Red Cross. He also is, he's an amazing guy. He makes people laugh. He's also, his other job is um, a clown, like an actual clown. And <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was great having them, having him and his son there. Um, so that was a neat experience as well. Oh, the governor, he was the governor of San Luis. San Luis and other, uh, I think it was, I think if I remember, it was uh, 44 communities around San Luis. Los Barrios. Yeah, no me recuerdo. I don't remember. Um, yeah, he was the governor. I think that was a neat experience too, and it was a neat experience for the others to hear those words uh, from him. And I, w I was just the translator. I was just, you know, saying those words, and I think they were really touched about what the governor said to them. Uh, he was very, like I said, he was very humble, uh, very blessed that we were there, very blessed. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody. Wow, Bernice, very good. I think we need to add her to our Wednesday night list, don't we? <clears throat> it was a, a privilege to be there again this year. Um, it's like going home for me. It's not quite Guatemala, but um, it's pretty close and share a lot of similarities. And so it's like going home. Thank you for supporting my trip and all of us. We thank you so much for helping us to go. We brought home a bag of coffee. At the next Sunday night sing or the next church gathering, we will have some coffee from the... Um, uh, campground there, whatever you call it, the station, the mission station, that is mission station coffee. It's not Daniel Melton coffee. It's mission station coffee, uh, which is a little different. So we had that. I think that's the coffee we had every morning, but one, and it 
with enough cream and sugar, any coffee tastes good. <clears throat> well, if you know how I drink coffee, you understand. If you like coffee black, the Lord bless you, this will taste just fine as well. I was talking to a friend today, and he made a comment that he had seen a, a Facebook discussion about short-term mission, short missions trips. And the comment was made, oh, short-term mission trips are nothing more than sanctified vacations. And I got a little offended. <clears throat> my first thought was, well, he's wrong. And my second thought was, he's never been on a Daniel Melton medical team short-term missions trip <clears throat> to Honduras. Um, I wanted to respond with something like, well, how many people have been saved in your church in the last day, in the last week? Um, or pick any one of the days, 13 adults and 23 kids or whatever. Um, <clears throat> this is not vacation. This is work. You sweat. Um, you get threatened with things like leishmaniasis. What is that? I don't know either. Um, this community we were going to one morning, as we're getting ready to leave, I don't remember if it was Daniel or, or Dr. Dave stands up and he says, not to, not to scare you or anything, but this community we're going to has had a, an outbreak of leishmaniasis lately. And we're like, uh-oh, what does that mean? Um, and apparently it's a bug bite that gets infected of some, in some way and it makes big sores. And so we saw several of those through the day, and they took somebody from the local health department along that day. And if they ha we found one of those people with that sore or whatever, she would take them to her area, and she would help them to clean the sore and bandage it. Basically, Dr. Dave said, it's just a round of strong antibiotics will help to cure it um, more quickly. Your body will eventually take care of it. it may leave a, a scar or whatever, but with antibiotics, it should be fine. Um, but it was a little a scary looking thing. Uh, this one girl walked in with about, I don't know, that big around of a sore right here on her arm and a nasty scab on it. They cleaned it up and bandaged it up and sent her on her way. I didn't see any adults with it, just children. So I don't know. Anyway, it sounds crazy with a name like leishmaniasis. But um, that was one of the highlights. Lots of babies, lots of babies. That was another highlight for me. I enjoy the babies. Um, yes, because I'm not scared to go ask. And then as soon as I turn around, I have a line of all the ladies from the medical team waiting to take them away from me. <clears throat> um, one day I got one and held her for about two seconds before I turned around, and there was one of the teenage girls from the team waiting to take her from me. And so I handed her over, and as I handed it over, I looked down, and she was about that long, and her arm was no bigger around than my thumb. I don't know how old she was. I think they said she was about a month old. She looked normal length, but, man, she was thin, thin, thin. Her arm was no bigger around than my thumb. I didn't get a picture. I thought I, later I should have got a picture of my thumb up there beside her arm to show how small she was. I believe it was the first day that we had the baby that was so critical. Was that the first day? And um, this would be one of Kristen's highlights. Kristen's not here tonight. She's been not well off and on for most of the trip, um, sick and not feeling good. But she plowed through the, the trip and made it okay and got home last night about 2 o'clock in the morning. And she decided that it was time to sleep all day. And so we woke her up for lunch, and she ate lunch, and she went back to bed. And when we woke her up to come to church tonight, <laughs> she had a migraine, and so we just told her to stay in bed but we had this lady and my normal job is is they call me the bouncer so I stand in the door and make sure people don't come in that aren't supposed to and people that are supposed to go out go out this year I had a helper um, Stephen Postal I think was his name um, from Tennessee his wife came as a nurse and he helped me with that and that was great and then we had a couple of Honduran helpers that were helping outside keeping the people in in line and that was a good help. But I was standing there, and one of the people over at triage hollered at me and said, come get the baby, because they were trying to take care of the mom, and the baby was there. And so I went and got the little baby, and I was holding him, and 
just seemed to be a normal little baby, not moving much, not, re- not very responsive or wiggly. So when it was their turn, I carried the baby in and gave, gave him to the nurse. And here in a little bit, I looked back, and the nurse was holding the baby, and there was a couple of different doctors around the baby. And come to find out, the baby had viral bronchitis or maybe going into pneumonia or something. And the doctor wrote a note and told them they needed to get to the local medical facility of some kind because if that baby didn't get some antibiotics, some oxygen, something, it probably wouldn't make it. So that was a little um, scary. I thought of the little one-month-old or so facing a, a health crisis like that in the mountains of Honduras where medical clinics are not readily available, medical aid is not readily available. And that was a little sobering to some of the, some of the folks on our trip. But that was a highlight for Kristen. She got to be the translator um, on that, for that um, nurse. I think Ashley was the one that had that nurse. That She was the nurse. Or Brianna, Brianna Dean. That's right. Brianna Dean. Um, another one of my highlights was time with, we call him Uncle Daniel. Missionaries have a special bond. And so my kids call Daniel Melton Uncle Daniel. And... Me and Daniel are good friends, and I enjoyed spending time with him. And, and it was nice to have Tiffany there. The cookies um, ever so often or in the afternoon was, was nice as well. Another highlight is the well there at um, Agua de Piedra. Water in the rock, water of the rock, water from the rock. And they were drilling down 300 feet or so, and ever so often they'd bring the bit up to clean it off or clean it out. And Daniel brought up a handful of, of the drillings that they had been pulling out of the hole at 300 feet. And he said, look at this. What do, you, what do you think that is? I don't know. The guy that was drilling the well told him that it was wood. It was petrified wood at over 300 feet depth up there in the mountains of Honduras, drilling down and going through a piece of, of petrified wood. Huh. Makes you wonder what kind of evolution put that there, doesn't it? (laughs) Sounds like we could have a good Bible story about the science of creation for a a Sunday school class right up there in the mountains, just based on the well um, being drilled right there in their community. So that was a highlight. The other highlight is the new congregation there in Piedra Grande that, that Janae was talking about and the possibility of getting a church built there in that community. It's exciting to think that because the medical team came, the church um, is on better footing because of that. And so, as Janae pointed out, the point of the medical trip is we try to work with local pastors so that the people understand the church is there not just for them to bow and scrape and, and you serve the pastor so the pastor helps you get into heaven. They're, they're raised on a Catholic religion where they have to pay penance and they have to take care of their priest and he is the one that helped them get to heaven. But we're bringing them a different gospel and we're showing them that we love them enough not just to show them a better way, but we love them enough to serve them and help in their health as well. And so it's a connection between the people and the pastor, the local pastor, and they were thankful for that um, encouragement there in Piedra Grande. I did get to translate some. Um, and I think Janae's the one that had to put up with me that afternoon. I'm not sure it was the other way around. Um, if you're on the ladies' group or you have access to the ladies' group, there's a pretty fun, funny picture that I put um, on there for Crystal um, of Janae. She was very hot one day, and she had the fan, and she was fanning herself, and I think Kristen was translating for her, and about the time I went to take the picture, Janae threw her head back and was just leaned back in her chair with a fan up over her head, fanning herself. Um, it's a funny picture, so it's worth, it's worth researching or asking someone to send to you. Um, we had a great time. It's, it's nice to be a part of something that's bigger than you are. Um, you go down there, and I'm not much of a medical person. I've had some classes or whatever. I'm not a very good translator. But you know what? Daniel found a job I can do. I can stand in the door, and I can tell people to come in and go out. I can, 
I can be a runner. I can go help do this or do that. And this year, I, I think it was the best team we've had all the years I've been there. Just the cooperation, the willingness to help out. We had several new translators, and we had several experts like Bernice. Um, and we would get hung up on, on how do you say um, tonsils. And, you know, my eyes go crossed, and I don't know what to do. So I turn around to, to Bernice or Kristen or, or somebody, and I ask them, how do you say this? What does this mean? Oh, all that means is, is dry hands. Well, why can't they just put dry hands? I know how to say dry hands, but that, those words don't mean dry hands. Um, <clears throat> and things like that. And sometimes you get ladies coming in that have ladies' problems, and some of our male translators don't want to deal with that. And so they jump up and run away. And so then you turn and you're like, um, um, okay, you're going to come over here now and you're going to go over there now. And so there were several days where partway through the day you turn around and it used to be Janae and somebody else. And now it's Janae and, and I, I was at Janae's and Kristen used to be there. Now she's over there and Bernice was there. And now she's over there. And the translators were just moving around and, and accommodating the situation. And it was, it was neat to see the teamwork come together like I don't think it's ever has before. One of my first years there, I, Daniel was just sure I could be a translator, and I just knew I couldn't be. And so he sat me down to translate something, and I picked up the paper, and I turned around to, a lot of times your tables are back-to-back or really close. I turned around to the translator behind me, and I said, what's that? And the translator said, figure it out. I said, I was planning on it with your help. That wasn't very encouraging to me as a, as a new Spanish speaker struggling with my Spanish. And this year we just had a great team that they were willing to stop what they were doing and help out some of us less than expert translators. And it was a good, a good team, a good trip. The Lord helped us. Uh, my, my time started out a little different because we flew out of Kansas. We were down there for a wedding. So... I got home from the wedding about 8.30 Saturday night, and we left for the airport about 10.30 Saturday night. We got to the airport um, about 2 o'clock Sunday morning, and the airport opened at 3. My flight left. Me and Kristen, our flight left at 5. Don't tell the pastor. He preaches on people that fly about on Sunday. Um, so don't tell him. But um, <clears throat> we got to San Pedro about... Um, two o'clock in the afternoon and Daniel was there to pick us up he was there to rescue Melody's suitcases from immigrations because of the delay on those suitcases and so he picked me and Kristen up in those suitcases we got out there to San Luis and about 20 minutes later I was in one of the trucks driving across the mountains to take part of the team to a different church so we got to church and I got out of the vehicle and stretched and let them walk into church I got back in the vehicle and went to sleep. <laughs> and they came out an hour and a half later, and I was awakened in time to drive back home. So it was a good trip. The Lord helped us. Do you have any questions for me or any for Janae that you thought of or any for Bernice that you thought of? It would, it would be... Probably young teens and mostly preteens. Um, it would be more like a Sunday school class. They have a coloring page that that um, they they will do and then present the gospel message through the coloring activity that the kids are doing. So a lot of times the kids aren't sitting in their seats; they are turned around on the floor on their knees, coloring a page with a pack of crayons. Um, and this year, somebody put together a coloring book specifically for that part of the, the um, medical trip. And so every kid that came out got a pack of crayons and a coloring book, and it was used in that, that time as well. So the adults have a, basically a full gospel message preached to them before they ever get to see the doctor. The younger children have a, a different format, but it's, they're, still, they're still receiving the gospel message.
I would say better than 75% of them are unchurched people. I mean, we're seeing over 300 a day on average, and most of your churches in those mountain areas are going to have 25 to 30 people. So obviously it's, it's going to be better than 80%, 90% of the people are unchurched. At least they're not a part of our church. I say our church, the Emmanuel Church in the area, the church we're affiliated with. Thank you again. I'll leave this in pastor's capable hands. I might need to sample it before we have. Shh. You didn't have to say that. Well, exciting to uh, hear the reports and <clears throat> realize what a what a awesome uh, opportunity to be a part of it by sending these, helping these that are going, and thank the Lord for it. And, um, you know that 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 sharing of the gospel message is so vital. It's so very vital, even locally. I was just told recently that somebody, a child, was saying that uh, uh, something to the effect that if we don't confess our sins ourselves, that eventually um, uh, he'll forgive them anyway. Uh, something along that line. Yeah, that's a that's a troubling that's a troubling doctrine that's being picked up, and uh, having that gospel message given to them especially given to them by their own people. It's probably a little more effective in that sense. And so thank God for the opportunity here. Amen. Any, anybody else have a question before we go? So those names are given, contacts are given to that local church. The local pastor actually will work in the gospel preaching section. So we take a pastor who will present, but the local pastor is there with him, with the people, praying with the people. So he's, he's introduced, they see him, they know who he is during that. Right off, the, right off the bat. That's good. practical work for some of the resident uh, institute kids, young people. So, All right. All right. Well, thank you for sharing with us tonight. Sorry we didn't get to hear from Kristen. Uh, we can maybe pick up a little bit from her from here and there. But uh, <clears throat> somewhere along the line, that picture that Keith was talking about, needs I haven't seen that. So I... <clears throat> well, okay, Share it around everywhere and then send it to the trash, she said. Okay, let's stand together. Trust you have a good week this week. Remember to pray for each other. Sharing one another's burdens. Lifting those needs and burdens to God. Thank God for the family of God that helps us with these. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wednesday night service, again, don't forget that also. Brother Tedrow, would you dismiss us in prayer?